So we're really excited to be here today with Wendy. Wendy is a professional photographer who has worked with a lot of cool musicians and artists that we're really excited for you to hear about. What's really cool about Wendy is that she's completely self-taught and we're really excited to be here today with her and share her story with you. So with that, let's just dive right in. Wendy, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you kind of got started in photography? Yeah, totally. So hi, everyone. Um, it's so great to be on this show. Um, so basically, um, I started not in photography or anything creative at all. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to go into business or engineering, and I ended up going into business at U of T in my first year. Um, and after that first year, I realized I wasn't doing well in my classes, and I didn't think that um, business school is really the right thing for me. So after I switched into uh, media studies with a double minor in psychology and economics, and as I was doing that switch, moving in Toronto to Toronto, I ended up finding a love for concert photography by literally just asking um, any band that would uh, come to a local venue if I could shoot them for free. And that kind of started building up to more of a career per se. Um, and then I ended up interning for a while at a record label just to learn more about the music industry. And now I kind of work in a little mix of both, obviously still freelancing um, in music related and uh, photography gigs. But um, now I work at Pexels um, doing their social content and marketing uh, so it's a good mix of both working in photography, but still getting a little bit of that business side. That's awesome. And in terms of that, you know, transition going from, you know, studying business and media studies to going into photography and everything else that you've done, what first drew you to music photography uh, specifically? And like, what did that journey look like? Mm -hmm. So I guess in terms of music photography specifically, uh, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, when I first moved to Toronto for school, um, I was really excited that I was close to a lot of music venues. And I started going to these shows myself because uh, my friends here didn't necessarily have the same music taste. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll just spend $20 and <laughs> go get a seat on my own. Um, but over time, it did add up. And being in school, I didn't really make any money at the time. So I thought, um, whoa, like there has to be people who are like here for free. And I look in the photo pit and that's when I uh, started thinking at first, um, how could I be one of those people that looks really fun? Um, so I went home and did a bit of research on music photography. At that point, um, my dad had bought me a DSLR as a gift, but I've only ever used it on auto mode. Didn't really know anything about photography at all. Just kind of knew that um, it was something I'd be interested in. So I ended up finding this whole world of music photography, which is pretty niche in the photography world in general. And there's these uh, big names, like I remember uh, Jake Chamsdean and um, Adam Almakayas, these big names who have toured with um, some of the photographers, sorry, some of the bands on Warp Tour and made a name for themselves. And that's kind of when I started uh, being super intrigued about this um, really niche category of photography and um, learned by basically just doing things like asking um, publicists and uh, managers of small bands if I can go and exchange some photos for a free photo pass just to be there and shoot. That's really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of built your brand and formed your own style when you were just starting out? 
Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think any creative starting out, it's hard to pinpoint. Uh, you see all these established photographers or designers and you see that, whoa, they have something that makes them unique. And as a beginner, it's obviously um, something that you want to answer quickly. Like what makes me unique? What's my style? But um, now looking back, I think it's more important to just um, increase the quality, like quantity of your work rather than really focusing on a style. Uh, for me, my style came from literally just shooting uh, three to four shows a week for a couple months in a row when I first started. And um, over those uh, over that many times of like practice is when I realized that like, oh, I'm really good at trying to capture these moments in between the artist singing or the atmosphere in the venue rather than just the talent themselves because I realized that's what marketers and um, these advertising agencies want um, if they're promoting a festival or a venue and whatnot. So I had no, I wouldn't have known that insight if it wasn't for the hours of practice that I put in. Uh, so for people who are trying to find their style, um, just from my experience, I'd recommend <laughs> not really thinking about it too much and just uh, practicing and uh, look, studying and looking at people that you already look up to and identifying what you like about them and how you can put that in your own work. Okay, so letting it be sort of a natural progression, something that comes out of you putting in those hours. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And when I first started, I would uh, Google how to find a style or uh, I'd see a style that I really liked and then I try to replicate it exactly. But uh, that's just kind of copying someone else in order to kind of find your own style. It just comes from you can't really find the answer anywhere except for just um, pure practice. When you first started out, were there any, you know, creators in the space that you specifically looked up to and kind of helped with your, I guess, journey in terms of learning about the space? Yeah, totally. When I first started, um, like I mentioned earlier, it was the big photographers uh, who kind of had their come up in between like 2010 and 2015 uh, when Wart Tour was a huge thing and digital photography started to get more advanced. So um, Jake Chanzadine toured with Panic at the Disco and Adam Almakayas toured with like literally everyone on Wart Tour. So it was these photographers that kind of really made it big. And those are the ones um, they're not even they haven't even been in the space for that long, only the last couple like five years. But uh, finding these big names and kind of understanding how what did they do to get to where they are um, was something that really helped me when I first started. Were there any key challenges that you faced really early on because you weren't in school specifically for what you had decided to do? I I always think that not being, uh, not having been to school uh, for photography was actually my competitive advantage, I think, uh, because I didn't really have to go through the same processes of, because when you go to school for something, you expect to learn it very thoroughly. So you start from the beginning, um, kind of comparative to language, you learn like the grammar of things. So like you learn uh, the ISO, the aperture, what those means, the basic definitions, and then you go and then you learn about um, the certain rules. And I took one uh, art history class that has to do with photography, and it was very much like learning about stuff like very academically. And I think because I didn't necessarily go to school for that, I was able to accelerate faster. I didn't have to follow the basic timelines of I should learn F-stop by this point, or I know I should know how to do composition by this point. It was just by any means necessary getting to where I was with what I had. Um, but I think one of the challenges that doesn't come with that was obviously in the very beginning and struggling with, I have no idea how to use Photoshop, 
I didn't really know how to use Lightroom and those very technical things I think I did miss out on. And also speaking on the art history side of things, um, that I feel like that does help also because you were able to kind of get this solid foundation of people who have really done it well. Uh, so I think not going to school has, yeah, I always think of it kind of as my competitive advantage rather than a major challenge. Okay, interesting. What about anything, just I'm imagining putting myself in your shoes, like I would just be scared to be in the pit and be taking photos of people who I knew knew more than I did. Did you have anything like that that you had to overcome? Yeah, totally. Imposter syndrome was um, a huge thing because uh, when I first started, I feel like obviously I was like 19 years old at the time. I was kind of looked kind of like just a little girl like walking into the pit versus those uh, people and those seasoned photographers who have been there for a while. So there are many times where I had to, I was really struck with imposter syndrome and thinking like, especially when other people like challenged me, uh, thankfully that didn't happen very often, but um, every once in a while, like you have those like older photographers who uh, seem a little bit entitled and being like, oh, like you shouldn't be here. And for me, um, that really made me question, oh, like, should I be here? But then I think I do have the credentials for this same as anybody else. And kind of really being able to stand up for yourself um, while you're there. You know, that that's uh, really important. And again, really impressive that you were able to, I guess, have that type of mindset to help you get through that initial uh, period of imposter syndrome. And I think something interesting with imposter syndrome is that I think people at all levels, you know, might feel that no matter how um, established they are. Is that something that you still feel at times? Yeah, totally. I think it never really fully goes away. And that's something I kind of learned over time by talking to uh, photographers or even on the business side of things during my uh, like full-time job talking to like my mentors and everything it's never something you really uh fully feel like wow like I am confident with their right well maybe you do some people do um but I think that's kind of the beauty of it you don't like you because you're never you feel like like not that you don't feel like you're not good enough but uh, you always have that drive of like I want to work on it I want to be um more rather than oh I'm like happy where I am um but I think yeah, like imposter syndrome, uh, everyone at every level, I think, still struggles with it in one way or another. Because that pushes you to keep pushing yourself further and maybe explore new techniques or disciplines. Mm -hmm, exactly. And like always like keep learning and um, have an open mind going into it. Um, so I think, you know, being completely self-taught is something that Again, we find something incredibly impressive in terms of, I guess, the more technical aspects of, you know, photography. Um, you mentioned things like learning Photoshop and things like that. That was a big challenge for you at the beginning. Um, what like resources did you turn to to help with those, I guess, more technical skills and technical knowledge that comes with the craft? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think nowadays, um, everything is accessible by internet, um, you can virtually learn anything, but it just comes down to matter of discipline. And I think that's why uh, they have school is because um, even though you have all of these resources around you, um, it's that discipline to really like do it. That is the hard part. So for the technical aspects, I really relied on YouTube, <laughs> obviously, when I first started and just finding tutorials that way. Um, but it was it wasn't just learning like, oh, what does this tool use? And, or like, what does this tool do? And what does that tool do? It was more of, um, here's the bigger picture. I want to edit this photo um, with like blue and orange split toning. How do I do that? And it's more of learning from 
uh, like a bird's eye view and rather than learning every single thing uh, technically. And I think as you struggle through the first few ones, trying to understand what tools are which will be very hard to remember, but um, it just comes down to doing it over and over again. No, absolutely. Yeah. You said like everything's accessible on the internet, which is, I guess, the beauty of, um, I guess, living in like this age. But um, mm. I, at the same time, I think it also makes it overwhelming at times. And I think is a reason why people just are afraid to like take that step forward because they're like, I don't even know where to start, what, what resources I should look at or rely on. In terms of having, I guess, mentors, was there anyone who kind of like took you under their wing when you first started? And was there any advice that they gave you, whether it was like specifically related to, you know, the craft or anything more general, I guess, in the creative field that really helped you and has really stuck with you um, till today? Mm -hmm. And I think the um, one thing I think about mentorship is um, it doesn't have to be uh, physical per se. You think of a mentor, you think of someone you meet like once a week and uh, kind of uh, talk about things, but I think you can find mentors anywhere. So for me, I really relied on podcasts when I first started, which is um, why I love being on podcasts and also uh, running my own over at Pexels. Um, because even though you can't really like have coffee with someone um, who lives in like LA, for example, you can listen to um, something that they've already said and learn about their journey through uh, the lens of someone else. And I think that's um, equally as good. But one of the photographers that uh, kind of took me under their wing for a little while and uh, was Dusty Kessler. So he was on tour with G-Easy for a while. And um, I was able to kind of talk to him online for a little bit and then met up um, when he was on tour in Toronto. And the one thing that he taught me that really helped when I ended up uh, shooting bigger artists was like for him being on tour with artists and having that experience. For me, when I was at music festivals, I was I didn't know where that line was of whether you should go ask an artist for a photo or ask them um, if you can talk to them because most of the times, like you understand that they want to just chill and relax and don't really want their photo taken. But the one thing he said was uh, to lead with yourself and not with your camera. Uh, so too many times people would rush to something and be like, let me take your photo or uh, just kind of put that what you want from them first. But um, he said that at the end of the day, that artists are still people. And if you go and say, hey, I'm a huge fan. Um, I really love your work. Like, do you mind if I take a photo of you? It'll mean a lot to me. And that will mean way more to someone rather than if you go and trying to rush it and get that photo or video of them for your own benefit. I think that's great advice to step people first approach and bringing value to the situation by showing that you respect them as a person, that you're a fan, and then then you both get something out of the exchange. That's really interesting. Was there any big moment, Wendy, where you felt like your work had paid off and you could make a career out of your passion? Uh, yeah, I think it was the moment that I think there was many moments uh, throughout doing um, this whole concert photography thing that I was like, whoa, like, this is really cool. I never really expected anything to come of this because my original goal was to literally just go to shows for free. And I never I really expected to turn out to something. But um, the most crazy experience, I think, was being able to shoot the Taylor Swift stadium tour and getting to meet her, which is really crazy. Um, Cause that weekend I was asked by my editor, if anyone wants to do this show. And I was like, Oh, like I wasn't, I wasn't really familiar with her recent music at the time. And I was like, Oh, I'm already busy this week. Maybe someone else will want it. 
but no one ended up taking it. And my editor asked me specifically if I could do it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm free. Um, I'll go. And um, before my 20th birthday, actually, my goal was to always shoot an arena. And uh, I guess I did shoot. It wasn't really a fully arena, but it was kind of like a little half size one. But getting to shoot Taylor was like a 50k capacity and i remember just looking um around in the in uh, the photo at the time and thinking whoa this is really cool i never really thought i'd be here and even like thinking back to when i was like 13 and i really loved all her music and that was what i grew up on and i didn't really think about that until um i was at the concert and i was even though i wasn't familiar with her recent work i was like whoa this is really cool because i remember these songs from my childhood I think that was like a really big, like eye-opening experience for me that I was like, I never really expected to kind of be here when I was like 13 years old and like singing Taylor Swift in my room. Yeah, that must have been a monument, like a like an incredible experience. And it's probably, you've probably had a few moments like that where it's like self-assurance that you made the right choice. Because I'm assuming there are definitely times where you're like, like, is this the right path for me? Like, did I, I don't know, make a mistake or there must have been like a lot of self-doubt and an experience like that is probably what like solidifies like, yes, this is like the right path and the right path and calling for me. But no, that's, yeah. It's yeah, incredible. For sure. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, the self doubt and everything has um, always been there, but I think what really helped was um, you read about these like things that like, at least for me, when I used to read a lot of like business books and self-help books, they would say like, oh, like enjoy the process and like not the outcome. And I was like, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was, and because my life at the time was always driven by goals. Like I need to get to this university, I need to get this job and whatever. But this was the one thing that I kind of went into it because I really loved it and not because I wanted um, a certain title out of it. Um, if I never ended up shooting Taylor or I ended up shooting any arena, I think I would still be very content being able to shoot um, music and capturing little shows um, at little venues. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you just made about goals. And goals are so different, I feel, in school from professional goals. Professional goals have to be much more intrinsic, and you set them usually yourself. And you also mentioned that shooting in an arena was one of your goals. Do you have a formal process for setting goals for yourself now and keep to keep pushing yourself to, to go farther? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think goals are very um, interesting. Like you mentioned, it definitely changes throughout the years when you're younger. It's always like your parents kind of telling you this is what you should do. And like even simple things like a reading, for example, at school, you're kind of told to do it so you don't want to do it. But then a lot of people discover that they're readers um, after graduating school because they want to do it themselves. Um, and I think for me, one thing that always pushed me was um, a passion for something. Um, and it, one of the books I just read was educated by Tara Westover. And she just like, uh, she went to school when she was 17 for the first time and now has all of these degrees. And the one thing, um, that she said that really resonated with me is that to like let kids have a passion for something because passion is just hard work, essentially. Um, and a love for something because, um, if you have passion, then there's a chance that you can go somewhere with it. But if you don't love anything at all or have passion for it, then there's no way you're ever going to do anything with it. So I think it's important to um, a lot of kids. I know, like for me, I um, my parents guided me a lot when I was younger and I really appreciate that. But it was a lot of the goals that they set for me. And this is the first time where it was like, um, I love this and um, I just want to do it because like, I just want to see where I can go with it. And it's a pure curiosity and kind of passion for just doing the thing that um, allowed me to do 
like get all these or like achieve all these goals, like being able to uh, shoot at a stadium or even something really small, like interning at my local record label. That's actually a book that I wanted to read. So um, that was, yeah, that, that's a really great, I guess, like separate from it that you took away from it, which is really interesting. How do you reconcile or I guess, how do you balance enjoying the process, but also having milestones that, you know, like Abby just said, help push you forward or push yourself um, to take or to take yourself to the next level in your craft? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. Like, I think it's better to be able to think of something really big and then figure out how to do it. I think a lot of the times, like, uh, we think like, oh, like, I have to do this next and this next and this next and not really understanding where it will lead to. Whereas uh, for me, I thought, uh, wow, what's this like really big goal that would be crazy, like shooting a stadium or shooting a huge artist. And then uh, what do I have to do? What's the first step I have to do to get there is shoot shows. And after that, be able to make connections and kind of uh, breaking it down into small pieces. And obviously, there are going to be days where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Um, I don't want to like send emails or like make pitches and stuff. But I think if you understand that that's just a part of it. It's never, you're not always going to have to do that. You're not always going to have to send emails and pitches and stuff, but that's just one step that you have to take in order to get to the fun stuff. And it's just embracing that there are going to be days where you have to do the hard stuff and you don't really uh, love it. But at the end of the day, as long as you love the overall process and being able to uh, do what you do. Um. Okay. I have a, a question just about how, so you were able to get into photography being totally self-taught. And so obviously anybody can do that. Not a lot of people have your drive and so actually do it, but it's become more competitive. I assume. How do you differentiate that yourself in that kind of a landscape where anyone can pick up a camera and go out and shoot? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah everything is definitely like way more accessible now. And I think that's really great that everyone, you can do photography from your iPhone. You don't even have to go out and buy um, like a separate camera if you don't want to. And I love that everything is able to be more accessible and more people can uh, find this craft. Uh, For me, in order to differentiate from people, I think it comes down to understanding like my competitive advantage and what I can bring that other people don't. And I, um, I'm really thankful to have my business background uh, for as much as I had it uh, because it allowed me to kind of think about things in a different way. Uh, so for me, I was like, oh, if everyone's shooting on this side of the stage, it's really good lighting. Let me challenge myself to go the other way and maybe have to deal with bad lighting for a little bit, but I'll always have something that's different from other people. Uh, so for me, I always took the risk of doing something different and understanding that as long as it's different and I can market it in a certain way, then that's better than just trying to do exactly whatever everybody else is doing. That's really great advice. Can you speak a little bit more as to how you've incorporated um, or apply or, or have applied your business background, I guess, in your work? Because you mentioned that's given you a competitive advantage. Can you speak about that just a little bit more? Mm-hmm. I think um, I really didn't think my business background would be any of use to me when I decided that that wasn't what I was going to do. But now in hindsight, I realize it's kind of the foundation of everything. Um, the Even like the basics of like how to talk to people or um, how to pitch yourself and even like etiquette on how you should uh, foster different relationships in business was really helpful. 
Um, yeah. So um, I think my business knowledge um, has really um, helped in the foundation of kind of all of the admin tasks as a photographer, because when you first start, you're kind of, um, you're everything. You're the bookkeeper, you're uh, the marketer, you're the advertiser, you're the customer service rep. And having that underlying business knowledge of how, um, like even etiquette and how to foster certain relationships was really helpful. And I think um, being able to work an intern for a record label um, and thinking about that different angle really helped me because um, even though I wasn't doing any photos for them at the time, um, I could sell a different asset, which is, oh, like I have some business knowledge, let me do that. But my underlying goal with that was to learn more about the music industry and be around these people. So after the internship, I could be like, hey, there's this already a connection that's been already established right there. Uh, so I think just being able to think of different avenues and um, having like adjacent skills is what my manager always said. So um, if you're a photographer selling another asset like writing or if you're a designer selling an asset like uh, social media management, so then you have two avenues where you can um, go and like gain knowledge from. And I imagine that your business background would also have fed into your starting your own digital media platforms. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, so um, my boyfriend and I are both photographers and we have um, kind of similar styles. And after we uh, started shooting around a little bit together, we realized that, oh, like we can do something different that is not offered by other like digital media or photography platforms. So what we saw was that um, with other photography companies, it was very, it seemed very rigid and everyone is doing the same poses and um, they're um, charging like let's say like $200 for 30 photos and it was just seemed like a very like transactional process when for us photography was always fun from the very beginning and we wanted to give that experience to other people as well so whenever we have um, a music related client or um, uh, doing events like weddings and whatnot uh, or promo covers the goal is to always have fun and work collaboratively with the artist um, we tend to work more uh, with artists than kind of like the wedding and events sector but I think even with musicians it's really important to have that collaborative process because we would every step of the way we work on it together so if they have a cover coming up um, we would decide the outfits locations and we basically shoot for four hours and uh, take every photo in there and just send it to them there's no limit it's a very collaborative process just so we get what they want. You describe the work that you do with these agencies is storytelling through uh, visual media. Can you can you describe what that process looks like when you sit down with the client and you're both, I guess, figuring out what what you want the final result result to look like? Like, what does that uh, what does that process look like? Yeah. So one thing we focus on is uh, being able to have these like authentic moments and, uh, like we said, like storytelling, um, because a lot of photographers they think of um, a shot as just the pose that that's what it is like oh lean against this background or um, like do this do that but I for us with at least for my own style as well what I find like, is the best shots or the best results come from just allowing the person or the subject to be in their natural environment so um, the one artist that we worked with recently she um, is kind of like eccentric <laughs> and she had this idea of wearing a, a reflect huge reflective like spacesuit so we took that and we're like okay like what can we do with this why don't you just walk around um, like downtown and we'll go to the financial district and we got her to 
like climb around on things or uh, do like these like weird movements and poses. And it was through those or like we'd get her to like run from one end to the other um, in like the middle of the financial district. And uh, through that, we were able to get shots that really kind of showed her personality and showed the process that we went through rather than um, having her like sit in a studio or sit in one spot and uh, do a certain pose. Okay, so just having it be more natural and organic and real, it sounds like. Yeah, and not being afraid to kind of be experimental with things and capturing things in the moment um, rather than uh, just seeing things as they are. Yeah. I love how, like, spontaneous it is as well. Yeah, very true. Instead of having, like, a strict plan or idea beforehand of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with the um, asset of like being self-taught too, because uh, I think going to school, you're always taught to prepare for stuff. But uh, for mm-hmm. me, I always, I kind of get a little bit more nervous with planned stuff because I always think, oh my God, everything could go wrong. This could go wrong. Everything has to like be on schedule and whatnot. But for me, oddly, I feel more at peace when it's like a concert where you go with like, you have no idea what to expect and you're kind of just have to trust your gut and be in the moment and kind of see what comes out of it. I saw the other day that you did a Taylor Swift folklore inspired shoot and I it just inspired my next question. I was wondering how you kind of take on different projects. So I imagine that one wouldn't have been a paid project, but some of the projects that you've done are you working with artists, so they're paying you. How do you kind of decide how you take on a project or what project you're going to devote your time to? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, thank you. That Taylor photo was uh, really fun. It was just kind of um, like, we're like, oh, like, let's just grab a sweater and like a long dress and go uh, do something in the woods just to have like more photos. So that was really fun. And that kind of leads to how I usually understand like free work and um, even stuff that's not free, like understanding when to take on certain projects. I always think about it like a triangle and on one point triangle is um, am I having like am I having a lot of fun doing this and would I just um, enjoy my time anyways the next triangle is you're getting paid for it and the third um, point of the triangle is will there be another opportunity or will I make a connection out of this that will benefit me in the future so whenever there's an opportunity that comes up I always think that it has to uh, meet at least two of those criteria in order for me to take it. So um, in that case, um, with the Taylor shoot, um, it was something that I had a lot of fun doing and could possibly lead to um, another opportunity in the future because someone else might see this and be like, oh, I want to do something like that um, or inspire them for something else. Whereas, let's say it's a shooting a corporate gig that might not be um, the best creatively, but it would... Um, they would be paid or and it would lead to another opportunity by making connections with these people. And in that case, I would take it. So I always consider these three aspects uh, when I'm making a decision on whether or not to take an opportunity. Yeah, it's such a holistic way to look at things versus, I guess, like only concentrating on like the money aspect um, or focusing too much on one thing. Yeah, no, I, I really love that. Has there been a project that you've done recently with Pretty Sweet Creative that you've with most or like a client that you had a lot of fun with? Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, given everything that's going on this year, um, we didn't really get many opportunities to do the things that we wanted to. Um, but one thing that really meant a lot to me was one of my close friends here, uh, Sinajan. She was moving away to Turkey for a little bit um, to be with her family. And she asked us to do a kind of a best friend shoot with a friend here that she uh, knew since they were in middle school. And 
since we've been kind of sitting around for a long time, uh, my boyfriend and I are like, yeah, like we'd be happy to do it. Um, it'd be more collaborative. Like you don't have to pay us because uh, we just want to kind of uh, practice a little bit more because we haven't shot anything in a couple of months. And it was just like, practicing exactly what we said like being spontaneous and just uh finding somewhere and getting them to like twirl around and like dance to music and certain things and capturing those moments in between that were uh, end up really making the shots um meaningful and uh kind of speaking on the last point i wanted to take an opportunity for that one um it wasn't paid per se but um, it was something that was super fun and actually led us to someone else seeing the photos and asking us to shoot their wedding. So uh, I think that those are like um, that that principle has really like helped me understand like that opportunities don't always come. And like you said, Sophia, like monetarily, it could come in different ways um, and different opportunities as well. Absolutely. That's awesome. I guess like with pretty sweet creative what's next for you guys are there any specific goals that you guys have with the uh with the studio or anything you're looking uh to do in the next year or so Mm -hmm. yeah so recently we've been working a lot with artists and um doing more like promotional aspects so the one thing that we actually um have been learning and trying to do um because right now i think we're we've only started this around a year ago so a lot of it is um, still actually learning the ropes and like what makes us unique and finding our style, like we mentioned before, um, is we've been looking a lot into video and illustration and trying to find different um, avenues that we can incorporate together with our photography that would make it um, make us have a little bit more of a competitive advantage. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I guess we don't want to go too long, but to close, I guess, what would you, um, I'm interested to hear what you would say as advice for someone who maybe um, was in your shoes a few years ago when you were starting out and has a passion for something maybe what what advice would you give I guess to spur that person on to make that make something of that passion hmm, that's a good question I've actually been uh, reflecting about that a lot myself even for uh, the past couple of weeks um, lucky at Pexels to have a really good management system and they they kind of serve as our coaches every uh, every week when we do calls and ask us to reflect on things. And one of them was, um, what do you want to do in five years? And the way I thought about it was, okay, like, what was I five years ago? And how, what did I think would be, I would be right now? I definitely don't think I would uh, be doing this right now. And the one ad- a piece of advice I think I would give um, to someone who is just starting out, or even myself back then was, to always just keep learning. Like you never know what's going to come out of it. But if you keep learning about people that you're interested in, about subjects you're interested in, um, I feel like that collective knowledge would aggregate itself and you'll be able to see patterns more easily. So you'll never be able to really predict what will happen. But for me, for example, I studied a lot about the photographers that we really looked up to from uh, creeping them on LinkedIn and seeing where they went to school (laughs) and what they studied in school to what was their first job and what are their side hobbies. And I think being able to learn about them and have a collective understanding of a handful of photographers that I really loved, I was able to have sort of a bird's eye view of what I should do next. And that kind of motivated me to be like, oh, I need to go work at a record label and understand the back end of things. So yeah, it's always just keep learning and gather as much information as you can, because the more you know, the more you're able to identify patterns and understand where your next move should be. That's great advice. 
Yeah, I, I've heard you speak before, Wendy, and I think every time I'm just so inspired yeah. by how you just set goals for yourself and go out and do them. And it's something that anybody, well, obviously you have you have talent, but it's something that anybody could do. Just go out and learn a new skill and then do something with it. But few people, I think, have the drive that you have to just set your goal, go out and do it and and get it done the way you do. And I'm always so inspired by that. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> As well as I think the like grit and resilience that you have in terms of because I think a reason a lot of people don't do that is as soon as they come across their first obstacle or challenge, they stop or just give up. And it's like really clear that you always find a way around it or don't let challenges or anything like that, I guess, stop you from getting towards uh, whatever goal you've set for yourself. Um, but yeah, I think that brings us to a close here. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Wendy. It was really interesting to hear about how you got started, how I guess you taught yourself everything, um, as well as all of the advice that you've, uh, you've shared with our, with us and our listeners here today. I'd encourage everyone to check out Pretty Sweet Creative. You've got a lot of cool work up on that site and on your portfolio, as well as your Instagram page. But, um, yeah, again, thank you so much, Wendy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.